Welcome to A Little Idea, a series of discussions about books, how to put them together, where to take them, and how to create a story you are truly proud of. If you are someone who is looking to tell a story, you can't rest until you've committed that story to the page, this is the series for you. Over the course of the next five weeks, I'll be interviewing people within the book industry about the process of creating a novel from start to finish. This series aims to try and give you some pointers, and tips, some expectations about getting into the industry, but above all, hopefully give you that little push forward that you need to put your book together. So today we are starting at the beginning of the process. You have an idea, a little idea for a novel. It's sitting there in the back of your mind. How do you start to put those words on the page? How do you ensure it makes sense? How do you fight procrastination? Joining me tonight for this very special discussion um, of getting started and completing your draft manuscript is a very special guest, Robert Salisbury. He's an author in his own right, having published the Philip Banks series with Die, Dollar, Die, The Shadows, and his most recent book, Overpopulation. He's also the head of publishing at Lime Books, and funnily enough, he helped with the very first edition of my debut book, When Men Cry. Robert, it's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to A Little Idea. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing uh, what we might discuss about books and the creation of books. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. I always love uh, chatting with you about books and the process of books. Um, and I think the base, I should kind of say that the basis of this series for me was whenever I go out to any sort of author signing events or anything, one of the big questions that comes to me is, people asking, I'm writing a book or I want to write a book and I have no idea where to begin. For you or from your experience, how do you start tackling that itch of wanting to tell a story? Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, subject. And I, I think it comes to the heart of what it is to be a writer. Uh, and I will just reflect on a question my daughter asked me recently. She's now living in Japan. Uh, studying uh, to be an English teacher and she's always had a fascination with books and she asked me the question just recently should I write a book and of course I, I was a little bit conflicted because I thought you should focus on your education finish <laughs> <laughs> degree um, and I kind of know because I know my daughter quite well that she will write books uh, my advice to her was you only write a book if 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 really it's the only thing you can do to to deal with this thing in your head, um, which is, you know, writing a book is such a hard thing to do in the sense that it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, uh, which, you know, time is money. Um, it, it really is something you do because you have to. And I think if you're a creative person, um, you kind of have these ideas in your head and you have things that you want to express, which you can't express in a short, conversation with somebody. I mean, when we think of the conversations we have with friends, even our best friends might listen for 20 minutes. But I've just done an audio book uh, of overpopulation. And the actual running time for the reading of that book is eight hours, 45 minutes and 23 seconds. And that's the condensed version. Mm -hmm. So imagine a writer is somebody who has a, an awful lot to say. And the book is the medium which you can say more than almost any other medium. Mm. 
So you must have that in you that you really have a lot to say. Uh, and I think that's the starting point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting you touch on that and talk about that because it's with, with, a, with a book, I think a lot of people just make the assumption of, oh, you just put one word after the other and that's it. It's done. It's simple. It's a, it, it, the truth. And, and honestly, it's, it's from, from having gone through the experience, it's a, it's a real thing that isn't for the faint of heart. Um, I think when, it, when you are trying to write a book, especially because so many people think, oh, I'll make a book and I'll make lots of money from it and it'll be fantastic and a great, uh, a great cash cow thing for me. And so often it's just, no, you do it for because you absolutely love it. You have this story sitting in your head that you can't stop thinking yeah, about. That's the, probably the most common um, misconception people have is you're doing it for money uh, money is the last thing you write a book for. Um, really, we're trying to do. I think the, the the reason why people like books and and famous authors or authors who write a successful piece of work, uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be measured in finance, but just something that is artistically or creatively or has a powerful message, is because this is quite uh, an in-depth look at something. You know, it's very easy to sort of. Um, make a statement I believe in X but actually to write a book which which really you're almost creating a world I mean I write fiction and and that is one of the turning points you face if you're looking to write a book there are certain things you face very uh, early on the hurdles what genre is it who is your reader what age range are you going what what should you write and what shouldn't you write uh, what are you trying to achieve what's the theme all these are really core things. And I think from my own point of view, when I first started writing, which is going back a long way, I'm now 57. I always wrote a diary when I was young. Uh, I attempted to write a book, I think, when I was probably at school sometime. And then in my 20s, I wrote my first full, full book. Uh, nothing happened with it, by the way. Um, but you learn as you go along. Um, but I, I, I think you, you learn re as you do more of it, you realize that there's a purpose to it. There's a story there. There's a reason. A lot of it is personal. Yeah, yeah, you have things to say. But also there's a structure that you have to learn or, or, or it helps to learn. I, should, I shouldn't say you have to because there's probably no hard and fast rule. I mean, we all mm. hear about these great writers who just sit down. Ian Flame, Fleming famously, who's a journalist, he would go to Jamaica, sit down with his typewriter, and in about eight weeks or whatever it was, eight, nine weeks, he would write a book. Then he'd go back to London, do a bit of editing, bang, it's done. Um, I wish I could do that. I love you all. Two years. And that's, that's not even my first book. So I'm a bit slow um, at actually creating because I, I just spend a lot of time going over detail. But, but as a fiction writer, you have to really recreate a world. You're creating not only your main character, but you're creating the environment in which they exist the parameters within which they are um, encased or held and the challenges they face and the other characters that they interact with. And each character has to have some, you know, a little bit of believability. Yeah, you can't just have a, if all your characters are quite wooden and two dimensional, it may not work. And, and I think the more effort and thought you put into the characters and what their life challenges and what their motivations are i think the better the end product so for myself 
I spend a lot of time thinking about it before I even start writing. Um, I probably didn't do that at first. I probably raced away and sat there <laughs> to, to write the whole thing. And then after, you know, many months realized that I wasn't really sure where it was going or I didn't even know what I was doing, quite frankly. Um, but I think now I've got a little bit more structure. I think you need to start off with a premise or you need to have a reason. Why are you writing the book? What is it you're looking to achieve? And a lot of people say, well, I just want to write this story. And say, well, that's not quite good enough. I, th I think you need, why are you writing the story? Mm. What is the story about? What does the story teach us about life or people or, or the scenario that you're writing about? Uh, and I think writers usually have a, something deep inside them that they wish to express. Uh, it's not always clear to the writer, I think, uh, because I, I know when I've spoken to various people about this subject, at the end of the interview, often people will say, oh, uh, and they'll sum it all up and I'll go, really? I never thought of it that way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting you touched on it. I think, and again, you, you talked about process a little bit that really there is no hard and fast way. Like you spend a lot of time thinking about it. You spend like, and, and honestly, sometimes the more time you think about this story and how these characters fit together, it often uh, does really play out. Into, it does really have an impact on what the final product looks like, but essentially that there is no wrong way to uh to talk to like to start a book because everyone has their own different processes and ways and the trick is trying to just find something that works best for you to that enables you to actually have the ability to say okay this is where i feel everything is and this is where and this will lead me to starting putting this down on the page that's right i i think some of the things i would say that i wished i could hear myself 10 years ago these are the <laughs> things i would say is do think about structure. Um, I remember when I, I mean, I'm part of the Manly Writers Group and I, I founded that in 2007. We're still going strong and we've seen hundreds of writers come through and many of them want to write a book. And uh, just as I did, um, you know, many years ago. And um, I think what happened, we, we eventually decided that it would be useful to write a course on how to write a book. So I spent with, with a, a, um, another guy from the writers group, Nick, Nick Basford, Nicky B. We wrote a course on how to write a book and that became a template. And I learned more from writing that course than probably anything else, because I actually started thinking about, well, what is a book? What, what does it mean? What, what? And so I actually, I remember I had a turning point once. I went to the Writers' Festival, Sydney Writers' Festival. And at that time I was writing a musical. So this musical was an idea I came up with in 1985. And I originally start, started to write it, a, a book about the hero of Birmingham, the city I come from in England. But, you know, he lived in 1066 and they didn't <laughs> have potatoes. They didn't have tea. They didn't have baked beans. They didn't have any, you know, obviously they had no mechanical things. And as I started to write this book, I thought, I have no idea what their life would have been like a thousand years ago in England. So I just gave up. It was just too challenging. Then eventually I decided to write it as a musical because I thought I can, I've got leeway to be creative. But I had a problem. There are two brothers in real life in this story. There's Peter and Richard. And I made both of them interesting. And I thought that was great. But I realized that to actually push the narrative forward, you really had to focus on one of them. But I, I still wanted to keep the other one there. And this became a conflict. 
one day I was at the Sydney Writers Festival. There's a very, very, very clever man there. He's a, a, a Hollywood movie editor. So his job is to look at the screenplay and edit it. And he threw down the gauntlet to everybody in the room and it was packed. He said, every Hollywood movie follows basic principles and I will outline them in 20 minutes and I will challenge you to call out any movie and I will tell you how that template fits to the movie. And I thought, wow, this is clever. The one thing he said was, you always have one protagonist. And he said a lot of other things which were fantastic, which you can apply to books. But that particular that nugget caused me to go back and rethink my musical and focus on Peter, not Richard. And even though it was a bit unfair because they're both brothers and they both play an important role, you know, a book is, is a tool to get your message across. Mm. And, and like when people are writing biographies, often they will, or they're writing a biography about somebody else or an autobiography. I say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So embellish it if you have to, because you're trying to talk about, you know, talking about reality is very difficult to actually capture reality. It's always a reflection. It's an artistic interpretation. So never worry about sort of adding storytelling techniques to things. And I think having a single protagonist makes it very clear for the reader to follow somebody through the maze that you have woven for them with your words. So that's one key thing I learned from that. that. The other one is many people... Just basics. Let's talk about basics. One, getting the genre right is very crucial. Mm. You can say, I'm going to write this book. It's going to be a thriller. So it's going to be a murder story. But actually, it might be a comic murder story. It might be a love story with a murder. So, so getting the genre right is very, it's useful to have that right at the beginning, not at the end of the book. Because it will, it will shade how you talk about things, how much detail you give to each character. So it's important to have things like genre, then theme. Having the theme. The theme really is that core belief or that core concept or message that you want to impart to the reader. Mm. Often writers, when, when I'm at the writers group and we talk about these things, this often is something quite cloudy to people. And they go, well, yeah. I sure what the theme is or I'm, I'm not really sure i know what i want to say but they can't sum that up in a theme so it is good to sit down with a piece of paper and write down what is my theme what am i trying to achieve here what do i want the readers to think about understand or believe or what do i want them to ask questions about because that will then guide what you write and how mm. you and it will help you build dramatic structures because it's pointless writing a scene in a book and spending hours describing the scene, the characters, if what happens in that scene has no relevance to your theme because you're not achieving your objective. So understanding theme, genre, uh, then, then you go into other areas like you've got your plot. Uh, and we all know we've got to build tension. Uh, but 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 there you cannot you can look at these in many ways. One way is to look at like um, a graph. If you're a visual person, you might imagine it a little bit like a curve growing, and then you build tension, you release tension with information, and you tackle some dramatic point. You come down and you ease tension, then you build it up again. Um, going back to what the, um, the incredibly wise uh, Hollywood editor said, he said every movie has the iceberg moment. And this is a really interesting concept. He said, 
50% of the way through every single movie you watch, you will hit the iceberg. And I thought, what on earth is he talking about? He said, the iceberg is like the Titanic. The Titanic is crossing from England to America. It's going across the Atlantic. It gets halfway across and it hits an iceberg. <laughs> what happens? The boat starts to sink. Now, if you think of that as a metaphor for your story, your story may or may not, but generally most stories have an objective. They have a protagonist and that protagonist is on a journey. It may be a journey of discovery, maybe a, a physical journey. You may be traveling somewhere, or it might be a sportsman wanting to run the 100 meters the fastest in the world. But the Titanic moment is that moment when something happens that means they cannot easily reach their objective. So let's say he's a runner and he wants to beat Usain Bolt in the 100 meters. And he's training and he's training and he's training. And throughout the first half of the book, he's improving and he's winning local races, he's winning international races, and he's doing great times. And then all of a sudden, he breaks his leg. And the doctor says to him, I'm sorry, you will never walk again. So that's the, that's the Titanic moment. Now, I know, what you, I know what a lot of writers will feel about this because it's how I felt about it. When I heard these kind of thing advice like years ago, I used to think, ah, you know, I don't want this formula. I'm, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not following, a, a, you know, I'm not following a formula because I don't want to be, I don't want to be hemmed in by it. But actually, um, of course, you don't have to literally have an iceberg moment right in the middle to the, the middle page, but it's just to demonstrate the power of that ideology of having your protagonist reaching a brick wall and hitting something that's so immensely difficult to surpass that that actually provides the reader with real tension oh my god how on earth is this story going to end you know mm. it, it's saying to them wow geez i don't know how this book's going to end now i don't know how he's ever going to get over the wall yeah it's 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 so um i love all of this description that you that you're providing here because what I love what, how you're putting this is talking about, say, the things that matter hugely are making sure that, that the characters in this story are fantastic, making sure that story works really well, um, what makes a good character, um, and, you know, talking about ways you can intertwine your themes and your challenges. For me personally, like, I, I often start my books with a scrapbook, like you're sitting there and you, and you have everything put out and there on the page. Um, and and it, it's, it has such an impact on the final coloring of your book because it's effectively lighting the path for you. It, it effectively, in which, and at the time you go, you go oh, it feels very like you're not feeling very emotionally connected to it. But then when it actually comes to writing it down, it has such an impact because suddenly you go, well, I want to get to point B from point A. And here's where I am right now. Here's where I am over there. And these themes and ideas and concepts and characters and plot lines and plot points that I've already taken the time to write down have already impacted, have, um, have, uh, help, uh, are going to help me get there. But I have flexibility in there to play however I like. Yes. Um, it's, it's such a fascinating uh, examination of just... It's, it's just a putting everything together is the kind of the process, but making sure that every single thing while putting it together has the chance to stand out. Um, the key messaging and the key ideas 
that you talk about, which I can understand why authors get so feel so wishy-washy about the whole process because it is quite complicated. It is quite, uh, it's not like a set in stone idea. You're dealing with, with something that hasn't been fully formed yet. It's the, it's the making of the book. Well, that's right. And that gets us back to another sort of um, basics. I think there is the first draft and there is the second draft. But I would say even before, something you mentioned there is interesting to talk about. Once um, I invited Kate Forsyth, who's a Sydney-based author. She's written many books, over 25 books. She writes in different, to different age groups, and she's a very talented writer. I invited her into, to come and give a speech and to talk about what she does with writing. And I found it very fascinating that she brought in, she first of all said she writes about one book a year. And for every book, she keeps a scrapbook. And she brought one of her scrapbooks in, and it was really fascinating because she writes fantasy. So she brought a scrapbook and she opened it up, and inside were all these like textures, like articles she'd ripped out, bits of, of, of textile, um, just, just all these, this, this, this creativity that's gone through her mind, little trigger points, things that remind her of stories, of characters, of scenarios. And she crammed it all into this single resource. And I, I thought that was really clever and, and just very useful to do because I, before then I was your typical sort of, sort of unorganized, disorganized person going around and say, okay, I've got this idea. I'll write it down on a piece of paper, put it in the drawer. Then I'd write something in a book and then I'd put something in the diary. I'd put something there on the computer and it was all over the place. And that's all very well, but actually this writing is like a job. There's, there's, a, there's an art to it and there's a craft to it. And the craft side of it is about being organized, structured, about making the most, having techniques that help you to make the most of your creativity. So what I did was to copy Kate Forsyth and I start, I, I have a little book for everything I do now. I have my own resource and it's a physical one. It's not a, a computer. Yes, we can go into the side of the computer side of it is a different thing, but this is a physical book where I write down bits of information. Now, most of the things I write in that book will not end up in the end product but they are reference points to help me build and construct a world. So often I'll do a schematic drawing of all the players, all the characters and the plot themes, and I will show arrows pointing how they all link together. Mm. Just so that in my mind, it's there. I've got the structure. So as I write, it comes out and it comes out and it fits within the organization of the reality I've created. Now that may sound a bit over the top, but if you're creating scenes where people are interacting, three or four characters, and two of them are influenced by something that the one person says, but the other one doesn't know about it, you've got to be aware of that as you're writing it. So it's good to understand each character and how they interplay. So having a book is a great, great tool to use. Um, the other thing is something really basic like the title. Many people, like when people come to the writers group or they come to Lime Books and they say, oh, I want to do a book. And I say, great, I'm really excited. I say, what's your book called? And they say, oh, I haven't got a, I don't know yet. I'm, it's about this guy. And I say, I say, okay, my recommendation is to have a working title. Now, the working title doesn't have to be the title on the book at the end of the day. 
in fact, one of the last things you may write is the book title. It could actually be the very last thing you decide on is the title of the book. But you need to have something in your mind that sums up what you're doing, your, your theme, your objective, your character, the journey, the genre, the fashion, the age group, whatever it is, it's got to be reflective. And the closer you can get that title to the whole kit and caboodle, the better. Now, what I say is have a working title. And, the, and if, if, if people say, oh, yeah, but it's, I, I don't want to use that. I say, fine. When you find something better, change it. When you've got a title, change it. Yeah. But don't ever worry about changing your title. Until we go to print, I, I, I'm going to give you the carte blanche to change that title. Yeah. So, so having a working title is a good idea. Um, having a structure is a good idea. Then we go into the, the realms of, should I sit down and plot all of the chapters? And look, I think this depends on what kind of book you're writing. If you're writing nonfiction, so it's, it's, it's a subject under a business book or it's a, uh, a self-help book or something like that, having predetermined structure may be a very good idea. I, I probably is. And we, you know, I've actually helped people to write nonfiction as well. And, and with slightly different skill sets or, or techniques involved. But with, with uh, nonfiction, I think it's good to have a rough idea of where you're going uh, you don't necessarily, um, I, I don't think it's a good idea to literally have every bit of drama in your head ready because you know what's going to happen is you're going to sit down and you go, he moved into the room and all of a sudden somebody came in and you thought, oh, I'll bring this beautiful woman in from, from the left-hand side and she'll come and she'll get this great line and you'll think of something really good and then you'll think, hmm, that doesn't really fit in with the story though. And then you've discounted potentially something very inspirational. So I think allowing a lot of flexibility is a good idea, but having a structure, a general idea as to where is, who's your character, who are the main players, what are they doing? What are the problems? What hurdles are they generally going to face? What is the outcome of the book? And, and uh, th that's a good idea to have that in structure. Then this brings us back to another little uh, nugget I'd like to probably mention is, it's an interesting thing that with movies, um, the end of the movie is given you in the beginning of the movie. Now, I know this might sound a bit crazy, but when you think about this, it's actually quite true. So, for example, if you look at Superman, you've got Clark Kent. So he's this, you know, he's, he's working in a busy environment and the boss is growling at him and he's feeling a bit, you know, pushed around and he's got his glasses on and he's fumbling and you're just thinking, oh, this guy's not quite got his, his act together. So, you know... You already know from the beginning that he's going to emerge and blossom like a flower or something. He's, he's going to change. He's going to go through a, a journey as a human being. And, 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 and I think with many movies, it's like with Jaws. You know, in the first part of the movie, you, the woman goes for a swim. She gets attacked by something. And you're thinking, OK, we know what it's about. It's called Jaws. It's about a shark. We know the shark's going to lose in the end. It's how you tell the story and how that, 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 that eventuates. So... Giving the end away is not always a problem in a book because a book is about how you tell a story, not the story you're telling. Mm. Uh, and it's a little bit like good storytelling is often not what you say, but what you don't say. Some of the clever, um, the clever writing that I've come across 
you know, and I'm always impressed by the writers I, I meet. You know, almost every writer I meet has got some talent or skill with words or storytelling that I don't have. And I always try and understand what it is they're doing. And, and, and I try and cheat and copy and you know, <laughs> plagiarize as much as I can. But a beautiful, um, a beautiful story was told to me by somebody who came, to, came last year. And he was describing a scene about himself when he was a young boy. And in this scene, he was in a shop and he already had, he had a toy in his pocket, but he was on his own. His mother hadn't quite got to the shop, but he was on his own. He was wandering around and the shopkeeper was keeping quite a close eye on him. And the shopkeeper obviously suspected something wrong about maybe he was, you know, maybe the child was on his own. Maybe he was up to no good. And the boy was waiting for his mother. Mother didn't turn up. So he left the shop. But as he left, the shopkeeper went over and said, here, what's in your pocket? And he accused him of stealing. And, and of course, in his pocket was a car. And it was a brand new car in the box. And it was exactly the same as the boxed car on the shelf that he'd been looking at. So the reader assumes that the shopkeeper has caught him pinching this toy. And, and as you read it, it read like that. You thought, oh my God, he did pick up the thing. And he did sort of look a bit, you know, and, and you think as you're reading, but actually, as you go through that scene, he reveals that he had already been to a, a previous shop and bought that. And so, but the reader didn't know that as he was reading the story. So it was about this idea of storytelling. Sometimes it's what you don't tell people that makes it more interesting. Mm. I, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's something worth thinking about. Yeah. I, I, it's great to examine just the actual thoughts that you can get, that you go to even before we've gotten, you've gotten to the point of writing it on the page. I love that the idea of, of the scrapbook that, that, that Kate talks about similar to me, like I, I have a scrapbook too. I have songs, I have photographs that I use. Songs are wonderful. I think in terms of a, a process of like putting you into a mood or a mindset, if you want to try and like get a real sense of what you're trying to achieve with a particular scene. Um, I think it's wonderful. So we've got, the story you've got, if you get to the point, you've got the story, you've got your characters, you've got the themes, you've got, you've plotted out. If you, if, if you want to go that far, you've plotted out how you want to tell the book. Um, you've got the structure, you, you, you know what you're going to say, you know how characters are going to interact with each other. You've got a sense of what they would do just to feel for them. We've got, I'm aware of that we, that we are running out of time, but the, the, the last kind of two or a couple of things I want to ask you, the, the actual process of sitting down and doing it. You've yeah, got all yeah. of this stuff. This is a really good one. And this is probably the one thing where everybody's a bit different. And I think a lot of that depends on your lifestyle, your commitment, how much time you can give things. What I did with the first book, uh, Die, Dollar, Die, I actually... I actually wrote down a schedule. I actually said, I'm going to write X number of words and I chopped it up and I said, how many words will I write every day? So I, I budgeted myself with a thousand words a day, 1500 words on the weekend. Uh, so, and I just multiplied that out and that told me how long it would take to write the book. And every single day I would keep a tally. So sometimes I might fall behind, but I always pushed ahead on the weekends to try and catch up. And, and I never tried never to fall too far behind. Now that worked. The problem is that's for your first draft. So for your first draft, the first draft is about just splurging the whole thing. 
And this is another real key point about not wasting time. Don't spend time editing a book unless you've written your first draft. Mm. The classic mistake that I made, and I still make a little bit, but everybody makes, a lot of people make this mistake. They're writing their book and they go, oh, I've had a new idea. I'll go back and change yep. that in the second chapter. And they re-edit that and they go through, they get to the 30th chapter and they go, oh, chapter 16's wrong. And they do that. And they spend all their time reorganizing it. They haven't even done their first draft. Always splurge the whole book out. Get right to the end. Don't worry if you're going to change it. If things are wrong, you're not happy with things, fine. Just keep writing till you get to the end. Then read it, pause, notate, start editing. Start editing. Mm -hmm. But you will save so much time by doing, by, if you can be religious to that, you will save so much time. Uh, so setting objectives, setting how many words you will write per day, um, doing your first draft, and not spending too much time editing until you've splurged most of your first draft will save you an awful lot of time. Yeah. Um, the other one is, is about understanding what kind of book are you going to, how long is the book you're writing going to be? I mean, if people come to you, sometimes people come to me and they say, I haven't finished the book. So, okay, how long is the book going to be? And they say, oh, I don't know, I won't know until I've finished. And I'm thinking, well, is it war and peace or is it, or is it a pulp fiction? Is it, you know, is it going to be 50,000 words? Is it going to be 300,000 words? Is it going to be 80,000 words? The average novel is probably going to be 70, 75, 80,000 words. A lot of, if it's, it's like kind of quite thick, it could be 120,000 words. So my first book was 128,000 words. I edited it down to 116,000 words. Second one came out at about 300 odd pages. It was about 85,000 words. And the third one's around about the same. And I, I, and I actually think... One statistic to bear in mind, any book of 300 pages or more, out of everybody who buys that book, only 50% will read it. Mm. All of it, that is. So longer books generally are not read as much as shorter books. And if you look at a lot of the popular books out there, you know, the Coelho's and Ian Fleming and all these, these are quite short books. They're probably 50,000, 60,000 words. But War and Peace, how many people actually read the whole of War and Peace? in this day and age when people can barely they, they can barely finish their text you know mm. so having an idea as to how long you want your book to be the best way to do that is to refer to books you have read yourself yeah. look at the book that you like say oh i like this book i've read this book i like it i really enjoyed it it's about the right length mm. and um that, that that you can use that once you've got your template then you can count back yeah. So I'm aware that we are running out of time. So I'm gonna, I've got one last kind of major thing to talk about with you. And that, because we've talked about the process of actually physically sitting down and writing it, getting to the end, going back and then starting your editing um, and making sure everything's clear. Everyone suffers from, from procrastination. It happens. It's a consistent thing. It's something you, that every writer deals with. And if they say they haven't dealt, uh, they, they haven't, then they're clearly lying. <laughs> <laughs> How do you break procrastination? How does that, this, and this is kind of one of the last big points of this, of this, because this is something that I think kneecaps the potential of of so many um, prospective or aspiring writers, people who haven't finished that book. How do you break procrastination? 
Okay, I will give you the answer to this one. Very easy. Spend money. It's the only thing people understand. People, you can talk to people all day long and they will make promises and all this thing. Once they put money on the table, they're motivated. They're serious. They do things. They don't stick money down somewhere. They won't. They, it, it's harder for them. It's a, I've got people who come to the writers group or who come to Lime Books and say they want to do a book. And I've known some people 10 years and they still haven't finished their book. And their book could be written within a one year. I would say if you're not writing your whole book in a year or you're not getting that first draft down at least in one year, then you really need to start thinking about getting some help. Uh, find a friend, uh, a mentor, go to a publisher. Um, you know, we work with a lot of people to, we don't just publish, we actually work with writers because that's kind of part of the journey. And that's, it's, it's kind of a very rewarding journey because you see something go from an idea to a book. And that's actually an amazing leap. When you look at how many people want to write a book, you're talking millions, how many people start writing books, then you're talking hundreds of thousands. How many people actually finish a book? That's not as many, not mm -hmm. as many as you think. There's a lot of people around who say, Oh, you can write a book in a week or a month or so, but you know, I'm talking, that's not the kind of book I'm talking about. I'm talking about a, a book that's a real book and, and a, by a real book, I mean a book that's got some energy to it, some depth to it, that has some, that has had a lot of thought, passion and heart and it is a, a creative, you know, artistic um, project. Uh, and, and a real book like that, that has, that, that is a reflection of the, the, the passion inside the writer does take time. Mm. But I would suggest to people that they take, they have to take it seriously. I'll give you one last idea. I'll give you an idea about where I have a friend. He, um, he actually did the artwork on the inside cover of my last book. It's a fantastic artist. Uh, and he's writing a book at the moment. I'm helping him with that. But one problem I think he had, which I had many, many years ago, and I've, I've, I've whittled that out of my system. It's a little bit like a little bit sort of, I suppose it's, it's a, it's a fear of admitting that what you're writing is important. You know, if you want to write a book, it is important. Don't mm -hmm. kill yourself. It's not just, oh, it's a little hobby. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, if you want to go to the extent of writing a, a thick book with thousands and thousands of words where every little scene and everything has been thought out for hours and hours and hours. It's important in your life. Life is so short. If you live 80 years and you're spending two years working on a book, that's one fortieth of your life. It's, it's not, it's not like cooking a meal. It's like a huge project. Take it seriously, give it importance, give it respect. Buy the books, buy the, buy the software that you need, spend the time. If you can't do it by yourself, get help. Mm. If you were to be a golfer, you wouldn't be expected to play golf without proper golf clubs, without perhaps some lessons, without reading a book on how to do the swing, without practicing the swing, without buying some clubs and thinking about what club suits me. Same with writing. Make it important. Enjoy it. Throw yourself into it. Spend some money, um, you know, because nothing's free in this world. Uh, don't do it because you want to make money because you'll probably, fall, fail and die trying if you, if you go that because way. Because you have a real reason to write a book. You want to create something important that is 
of value and as a reflection of something within you. And those are the kind of writers I love to work with. Um, I worked with you, Nick, and it was an absolute pleasure. You had a fantastic story. From day one, I knew when I first met you, I knew you had the genesis of something really interesting uh, in your book. And uh, you work so hard on it. And, and it's a fabulous read, great read. Uh, and so, but that took you years to really get it to where it is, which is now a really fantastic story. So I would say, put some time, take it seriously, respect it, uh, and, and tell yourself, hey, I want to do something really important, something really of quality. I want to lay it down in my life. I'm going to write this book. It's going to be there for whoever you want it to be there for. And yeah. we can help. Yeah, it's, I, I think, and that's, and this is, I think, a great end point for this podcast, because for me personally, that played a huge part in actually finally doing it for me um, yep. as well in terms of what I wanted to, to, to try and do with my book and what I wanted to try and do. That was the moment where suddenly the words started flowing, where you realized, why is this, is this so important? Why is this worth my time to actually put it on the page? Just finally, we should never forget that mm. it's not necessarily the book that is what it's all about. Mm. Once you've done the book, you may find that your life goes into a new phase. Yeah. Sometimes we don't realize why we're writing the book and and the book itself becomes important but it is the victory of getting there it can often mean that you're in a new phase of your own life it's that yeah. important to some people so never never underestimate just how transformative writing a book can be yeah absolutely and i think that's it, it, it's it's it really is it honestly does change your life. It's like having a, it's like having a kid, really. It's just like your, there's the life before you did your book and then there's the life afterwards and you are never quite the same again afterwards. Ron, I could, I could talk to you forever about this whole process, but I'm aware that we are, we are short on time. Um, thank you so much for your pearls of wisdom and for trying to navigate through probably the hardest episode to, to examine of this podcast, which is, those really complicated processes of actually getting your book and manuscript completed. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nick. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Please check out uh, Lime Books uh, in the description uh, and Robert's book series as well, Die, Dollar, Die, The Shadows and Overpopulation. And uh, we, we hope this episode has debunked some misconceptions and kind of given you a bit more of an idea around what the actual process is of getting your manuscript completed. So tune in to our second episode of A Little Idea next week. You've got the manuscript, but what next? Next week, we dive into the world of publishing, the options available to you, and how you get that publishing deal. My name is Nick Wasiliev. I am the author of When Men Cry, and uh, you'll see links to that down in the description below. Be sure to check out all of the episodes of A Little Idea in our playlist as well. Robert, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much. <laughs>